You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. down in person, but safely of course, with Laura and Kristen of Club and Court. I met these talented ladies through Lisey Lurch last year, and I've loved watching their brand come to life this year. In this interview, you'll learn all about how they started Club and Court, their first year of business making tennis and sporting attire with a vintage flair and classic preppy twist. All right, so why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you live, and what you do? Okay. So I'm Lara and uh, Lara Evans, and I live in Bryn Mawr, just outside Philadelphia, and I am the co-founder of Club and Court. I'm also an interior designer, uh, raising two, let's see, one high school and one college-age daughter, and, uh, and this is my partner, Kristen. Uh, hi, I'm Kristen Nevins. I live in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania, and... I am a co-founder of Club and Court, and I'm also an attorney by trade. Awesome. Well, so I had the pleasure of meeting you guys before, and now we're doing this podcast live safely. Um, well, not live, but recording yeah. together, live together. Um, so I guess one of my first questions is, let's go back to the beginning. What was it like growing up? Are you guys from this area? Where did you grow up? Um, and did you always have an interest in sort of sports and fashion and um entrepreneurship and creative like what was what was your childhood like so funny enough uh, neither of us grew up here we both grew up in the midwest i grew up in wisconsin and i was very sporty i i didn't play a whole lot of tennis i knew how to play tennis but i was a gymnast so that took up a lot of my time but i always loved clothes i don't know i guess my mom did i did and especially anything preppy Anything with whales or alligators or cherries, hearts, stuff like that. And I actually had a, uh, on my wall in my bedroom, I had a preppy and proud needlepoint saying that was framed on the wall. So I just, I've always loved anything preppy, blues, greens, pinks, and, um, and here we are today. <laughs> what about you? Uh, like Laura said, we're both from the Midwest. I'm from Michigan, and growing up, I literally had Lake Huron as my backyard. So um, it was everything I did as a kid was outdoors, um, lots of swimming, lots played lots of tennis. I didn't play competitively. I was a competitive swimmer. That was my sport. But very athletic, you know, always doing, always doing um, outdoorsy things. I did always love, love fashion and clothes and loved the, I don't know if you guys remember, but the little plates where you could mix up the outfits with the crayons and you could sketch oh, over. Yes. I was obsessed. Oh, I would just, I for hours and days, I could make different outfits together. And I even had on my walls in my bedroom when I was growing up, I had... I would I had subscriptions to like all the different magazines and I would cut out all the Benetton ads of all the people 
and actually the shapes of the people and stick them to the wall with a with a pin so they would all move around whenever I would come in and out of the room and just it was all the color because Benetton was all about yeah. color and and it was just so it was so fresh and and so pretty and I loved I loved clothes I had a spreadsheet of every outfit I wore to school and I wouldn't repeat anything in any two-week period so it was always a challenge of how many <laughs> outfits I could make um, in that in that time and my kids tease me now because I have uh, two teenagers and I tell them I was voted best dressed in my high school and they find that so hard to believe because <laughs> oh, to them I, I dress it. like an old person and so I love that and oh my gosh so it sounds like you guys both love fashion you both had um, a preppy style and you were into these recreational sports and some competitive um, at an early age they might just have been different sports so now, where and what did you study for school? Did you study anything that has to do with fashion, or what did you end up studying? I did, I did not, this is Kristen, I did not study anything related to fashion, <laughs> although I had an interest, like I said, growing up. Um, I was always more, um, I appreciated everything really pretty and beautiful, but I didn't feel like I was creative. I was more kind of analytical and I ended up in college, I was a science major, and in graduate school, I was a science major, and then I ended up going to law school. <laughs> so I was in school till I was like 35 years old. Oh but then when I finished, I was always part of the work that I've done as an attorney has always been with startups. And so mm -hmm. what I really, really love is, um, you know, that whole process of taking an idea and then bringing it from an idea into something real and functional and you know how it how it plays out whether it's a product or a service and so with my law degree like I feel like I've been able to be involved in that process more as opposed to science which was really interesting but it was so theoretical and so isolating and you didn't get to do what I'm doing now like with Lara where we're we're working as a team and we're actually building something together so it's so it fills that void that I always felt Definitely. And I mean, I have, so I have a fashion um, degree with my communications degree. And I think not a lot of people know, though, how much science actually goes into fashion. Like, we had to take a lot of textile classes to learn oh, sure. how fabrics were composed and, like, what would burn and what, like, how they wear. And that is a lot of science. I remember yeah. I, I yes. dreaded those science <laughs> classes. Take a Very lot technical, of right? Yes, yeah. yeah. So I feel like you know, some of that probably comes into play these days too, even though you might not realize it. Well, and the technical, what it goes into making a garment that yep. gives the shape and as we're learning, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just you see something that's pretty or you draw something that's pretty. To actually construct that requires, it's, it's much more technical than you would expect. Definitely. Right. And I, I, I went to a small school in northern Wisconsin and, and, Ended up getting, you know, a business degree, and I got a job right out of college for Stouffer Hotels in Cleveland. I was part of their management program and loved it, you know, worked at a fancy hotel, and um, it just wasn't for me. So I met some great people I worked with. We ended up um, picking up and leaving Cleveland and moved to Atlanta right before the 96 Olympics. And we just went there we, without jobs. I figured I ended up getting a job for Clinique. Like, I've just always had this thing for color, this obsession with color. I remember just even being in the school store or college store or 
in like a knitting shop growing up and just being obsessed with all the different yarns, markers, paints, and stuff like that. So I enjoy, I worked for Clinique for a little while. I ended up getting married and then going back to school for interior design. And that was just, I felt like that was really my calling. I had my own business for a while. I was obsessed with picking out paint colors, which is still something I, I just, I love and enjoy. Um, but now I've transitioned into this, this business and it's so much fun to bring the color into whites and stuff like that. So I just, I, I feel like I'm in the right place. Definitely. So now how did you two meet? Let's talk about that. We met, well, we met originally, our daughters go to the same school. Okay. So we've always known each other, but our daughters were not in the same grade. Mm -hmm. So um, Laura was, has a daughter who's a great ahead of mine. And we were both pretty active in the parents association, mm -hmm. parents council. And a grade and, below. <laughs> and, oh, that's right. Yes. And Ashby's a grade yes. below. So like so. my daughter Libby is right between Hadley and Ashby. So got they it. go like one, two, three in a line. And Laura was a co-chair of this big event that we have at our daughter's school called Mayfair and it's the it's the one of the first weeks in May and all the girls come out and they dance around the maypole it's so lovely and it's 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 like a medieval carnival and Lara was the one of the chairs of this booth called I organized the, the photo booth the every photo year booth. I but loved it Lara didn't just organize it she like elevated it and took it up not like 10 notches because instead of the the girls would come over and have a picture taken with friends or with a favorite teacher and then the photograph would be turned into um a button or a necklace with a grosgrain ribbon and or so a, key wear, fob. Yeah, a key yeah. fob so it was it was about the picture and it was put into a clear um casing and it was just really a cute idea and the girls loved it but Lara had two different backgrounds that were covered she had she had frames built with Lily Pulitzer fabric like oh wrapped around and stapled to and they were just the most gorgeous backdrops and when she was you know when she was transitioning out from her role that year I and a friend of mine were coming in and we were part of the whole um, Mayfair committee as well okay. we inherited her role <laughs> and <laughs> it fill. was really big shoes to fill great. and we decided not to change a thing Aww. we decided with something's really good we'll get a new printer or we'll get some things that will make will create some efficiencies in the in the process but we're not going to change anything because it was just so beautiful one of the palettes was more pinks and one was more blues and greens and it was just so lovely but that's how we originally met and okay. then we became kind of you know more of besties when we started playing tennis together Got it. and that was really because I think three or four years ago yeah, yeah that was that was three or four years ago we were on the same tennis team and I think just having all the time on the court and then going to clinics and then staying afterwards for lunch and then after that, for happy hour, or we just, and and this idea just kind of kept, it was like percolating in the background. We kept thinking about, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? But it was more musings, so. Okay. So now then, how did you come up with the idea? Was it always you wanted to do, yeah, go ahead, this sort of apparel, or what really, you know, was the aha moment where you're like, let's do it? Because it sounds like you were tinkering with the idea for a little bit. It, you know what? It never really, like if you would have asked me five years ago, 
are you, do you think you would ever start an apparel company? <laughs> I'd be like, what? No. Um, no. Um, so they started asking us to pick out, help pick out the club uniforms or the team uniforms for the tennis team. And they presented us with, you know, different things and options. And Kristen and I just didn't really see anything we liked. And, but we, you know, we picked out the best that there was. It was fine. Totally fine. And we just kept saying and talking about, oh, what happened to all those beautiful tennis clothes from the 60s and 70s and just with beautiful trims and stuff like that. And then I believe they asked us enough, the next year to do it. And we're like, let's just let's just start poking around and see what we can come up with. And I, I, we started doing research and just started finding pictures of old clothes, you know, clothes yeah, that like Chrissy like, Everett wore. What would it or, look like if we, if we could just pick the uniforms? What would it look like yes. that's not, because what we're seeing here doesn't represent. Okay. And that's where. And then we contacted some friends of mine who do design fashion consulting. And next thing you know, we, we started a business and oh my God. never looked back. It's been great. I love that. So what year was that that you officially started working on it? And what were some of those first steps? I feel like that's what always stumps people when they want to start a brand. Like that's their first question is like, what do you do first? Well, the first part was research. Like we found shapes that we could work with and tweak from 60s and 70s, you know, just looking online and looking on Pinterest and stuff like old that. patterns, like the old McCall's patterns. Yes. Okay. Yep. And um, we started talking about, okay, so what if we did, what if we focused on dresses? Like Kristen and I love wearing tennis dresses and they're just not many to be found. Mm -hmm. And so we started focusing on some dresses and then we thought, wouldn't it be great if we could look cute, look, you know, have fun, wear this beautiful dress on the court, but then like wear it the rest of the day. Yeah. So then mm -hmm. the next step was really picking out, narrowing down what fabrics we wanted to go with that would take these kind of vintage shapes and we could tweak them for the modern shapes. Modern, we, you know, we're looking for modern fabrics just to take us through the day and stuff like that. And we took a long time actually find, researching fabric and stuff like that from really all over. And we couldn't really find what we wanted. So we ended up developing some of our own fabrics mm -hmm. as well. Yes, yes. And I think that, I think, but what was, I think, critical in those early stages when Lara put together kind of the, the mood board mm -hmm. for the first collection where we thought this is what we represents us yeah. and, and what this brand would be. Um, one of the early things was to understand that, okay, we know what our strengths are. Design, I can help organize, I have, you know, good business skills, I'm an attorney, I know how to kind of protect our brand, I'm an intellectual property attorney. Yeah. So we knew what we could do, but then we also knew that rather than try to learn the things that we don't know right off the bat, I mean, we do have to learn all of this, right? This yes. is our business. Yes. But we also felt it was really, I think it was smart to partner with other, um, and it's its odd, it's been mainly women. Like mm -hmm. we, our consultants are women, are a lot of the first um, people that guided us, like Jane Winchester, Paradise, and Lisey Lurch, and like friends mm -hmm. of ours who are other, you know, women-owned brands that started their own, you know, started their own businesses. And we talked to people who had been, you know, we wanted to know well, what worked, what didn't work, what yeah. do you recommend? 
And we wanted to take that to heart because we know we know what we know, but we don't really know what we don't know. And we didn't want to get tripped up on something that, you know, make expensive mistakes. So I think we found the right people to guide us and then get initial doors open so we could, and then in the process, understand what it takes to get something from the great ideas and the colors that Laura put together to now it's literally hanging in the next room and we're about to ship, you know, a couple of orders out today. So that process so i think that's you know it that took some time yeah from when we started was probably coming up on two years ago okay but the most of the bulk of all the action was the past year got it yes yeah and we just you're right kristen we really just picked everybody's brains and i just can't believe how helpful and supportive so many of these women have been giving sharing their contacts and giving advice and stuff like that, which is how we met you, you know, it's just been, it's been great. And so we, we have these wonderful consultants, Coral and Hand that have helped us with the technical stuff, which has been a big learning curve, Mm -hmm. you know, with researching the factories, what factories are we going to use? And And sales. Yep. Because I think we're both getting more comfortable with the sales process and understanding that for retail and clubs, they're buying things six or yeah. four or six months ahead yeah. of mm-hmm. anyone seeing things and understanding that cycle and getting comfortable with selling ourselves and our brand. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, you know, both being in a service industry where we did, you know, Laura had clients, she had interior design clients and she brought their vision to life. I'm an attorney. I take my clients what they want and I get the transaction done. But now we're both saying, well, now this is us, and we're pushing what we want out, which yes. is a different role yeah. for us, so that we had to get a little more comfortable with that. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs say that. It's so easy to sell someone else's product, but when it comes yes. to yours, for some reason, it's hard, um, right. I, which I don't know why, but I do hear that a lot from people that I interview, so that's really funny. So now, how would you describe um, Club & Court to someone who hasn't heard of it? It's really, I think it's... It, it, to describe it kind of in a nutshell, our tagline is modern iconic sport. Okay. So we are old school styles and shapes with modern fabrics. Mm-hmm. And so we're the type of sporting attire and apres sport attire that when you go to play a tennis match, you're going to look really great. You're going to feel really comfortable. But when you leave the court and you have to go anywhere else or hop on a Zoom meeting or run to the store or go to a doctor's appointment, you still feel presentable Mm -hmm. and fresh and pretty and comfortable. So for me, that's how I would describe. Yeah, I agree. We're very classic. Like you're never going to see us producing anything too trendy. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, we, we've designed several things that were like, "Mm, I think that's just outside of our box. Yeah. It came out of production. Yeah. And we're like, "Mm, we're just not going to make it or, you know, we're just, it just, or we'll have to tweak it to make it more of a classic. Like we're just, Mm -hmm. I guess you would say we're kind of old school preppy. Yeah. Modern preppy. I love that. And you know, I've seen your pieces throughout this whole process. I feel like we've met probably a year ago at this point, maybe. I think so. Cause it was springtime. We were sitting, it was cause it was before all of this, before we were sitting here with Matt's son. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so I've seen, you know, 
the, the process all along and then the final product. And it's gorgeous. It's classic. It's preppy. And it's Thank funny you. because I have um, a Lacoste tennis skirt that was my grandmother's. It's like from the 70s, I think. Oh, and it uh, kind of reminds me of that because it's like white, high-waisted. It just has a navy and white little trim along the top. And it's pleated. It's just so classic and preppy. And that's what you guys remind me of. It's Aww. that classic preppy style, the little touch of color. Um, timeless. That's great. Yeah, it's timeless. Exactly. Yeah, that's so what great. we're trying and to nice produce. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Of course. So now, how do you guys go about picking your styles and fabrics? Talk to me a little bit about the process and design. Well, like I said, I think that I'm always researching. I'm always on the internet just researching um, vintage tennis clothes. Mm-hmm. And then we, we play around with that. Uh, we have a fit model we work with, so we, you know, we'll we'll take some of these shapes, we'll give it to our um, our technical person Melissa, and she'll, you know, put it put it in a packet for us. We send it to the factory, we'll have a sample made, and then we see is this something that's going to work? Is this, you know, is this going to take you from the court to the school pickup line or you know and wherever? Sometimes yeah. it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what we you know have on the mood board or the inspiration when it's made it something's missing and then we don't want to compromise so we say okay for now we're gonna maybe move on with other designs and then sometimes in the translation there may be something uh, liberty taken with the factory or something and we realize oh okay well that wasn't what we expected but but we love it. But we love it. <laughs> and then we end up incorporating that somehow. So it, it's a little, it's kind of been a little bit of both where there's a strong sense of this is what we want because this represents us. And then sometimes understanding where that can't work with a particular fabric or a particular um, style. Yeah. And then where, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a, a yeah. kind of a happy mistake. Yeah, so and a good think, example of that is... So our, we have this dress that has been very popular for season one, the Ashby dress, which is named after um, one of my daughters. And so we're remaking it in a different fabric and different colors um, for summer. And the factory actually mixed up the trim color. It, it, and it was, it was, and we're like, oh, sh- you know, shoot. And then we got the sample and we were like, this is amazing. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing like you know i think it's probably going to be even more popular than the the season one which and now that been a trim huge is now the trim on a jacket and, yes. the trim, so it's, and it's our signature colors but yeah. they just they tweaked it a little bit we were going to be doing we were supposed to do our we were going to do a lime and a royal but instead it's you know navy and kelly and it worked out great yeah. so and and my whole when we look at designing this chris and i always like our goal is also to have overlap with each season like everything should be be able to overlap there's not going to be something all of a sudden that's like whoa where did this come from what is that going to go with so from season to season everything is meant to overlap and complement each other which is kind of like jackets yes yes. correct which is kind of my whole theory with interior design like you're never you can take any chair from any room and put it anywhere in my house and it'll flow yeah like i just love a nice flow from season to season so that's our goal that makes a lot of sense so now i know you guys are fairly new but how have you gone about spreading the word with your business Um, what's some of your marketing that you've done or what's been really successful for you guys we had, we initially, early on, we had some, uh, we were part of a few trunk shows okay. with uh, our friend Lisey Lurch, included us in one of her trunk shows. 
uh, and we were in another trunk show up in Connecticut. And so we had some initial, which was good for us because it was direct interaction mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with potential customers mm-hmm. and to see what did they respond to? What did they love? What did everyone want to try on? What did it seem like was going to be a good seller? Yeah. And then once we got into production mode and we knew we would have inventory, we, we started to work with a digital marketing firm that... Um, and these are, I think these are pretty much the only men that are really, <laughs> I, they're, well, they're young men. They're young technical yes. wizards. Yes. And they are terrific. Algorithms. Yes. And they understand Facebook in a way that I never will. And they've been really great with um, testing targeted ads mm-hmm. for Facebook and Instagram. Because yes. that is, and especially that became really important for us because initially, our launch plan was to launch at the PGA show, which is a big trade show yeah. in Orlando, Florida. And it's primarily golf, but it's still, it's a lot of tennis. It's a, a lot of the different resorts and clubs mm-hmm. attend. And they have a new vent, apparently they have a new vendor arena. So we were going to, that was our initial plan for our launch. And we'd have a big party around right, launch and right. press releases and all of that. We had all these fabulous ideas for our booth and yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then COVID came. And mm-hmm. so we had to rethink all of that because what would have been our kind of marketing and spreading the word, which would have, would have been in those trade shows and getting in front of buyers and distributors, yeah. that didn't happen. So it really, we had to pivot and focus much more on people are spending more time at home, they're online, social media, they're, on social yes. media, they're yeah. on, and we had to accept that reality and say, okay, how do we, how do we package this? How do we find the person who is our club and court girl? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we find that person? Because it's and it's also winter time in a pandemic. And yes, <laughs> yes. So we yeah. did. We did. We had to rely on people who really understand that process. And then when travel restrictions kind of loosened up again, Kristen and I reached out to several clubs uh, in Florida, and everybody that we reached out to actually agreed to meet with us. And we had headed down to Miami. Went, you know traveled north up the coast and we met with so many amazing clubs and they all placed orders with us so that was just yeah, kind that of was an, really great that that was that really gave us the confidence to just start reaching out we've been reaching out to lots of clubs and resorts and have had just tremendous feedback um especially in florida and now we're actually working our way up the coast now that spring is sprung yeah we're, it's we're getting there yeah. we're working our way up the coast headed out west, Midwest, and, um, but yeah, I think our digital marketing team has just really been a a big help for us. Definitely. So now, talking about the clubs that you guys are part of, so you literally would just cold call them and schedule a meeting with them, show up, and show them your line. We did. We did. We did. A little bit of research, you know, to see who are the pros at these clubs that we think would be a good fit, but then we also looked for connections you know maybe we would have somebody that's a member at this club and you know this part of florida this you know there are some that we were able to get recommendations from and then some yeah we just we we cold called but we did send everybody our lookbook we have a really special video that everybody seems to respond to um and i think it also helps that we were coming at this when we would reach out to clubs that we are tennis players Mm -hmm. We are from Marion Cricket Club. We not representing Marion Cricket yeah. Club, but we are live that world, mm-hmm. and so we. That's why we feel that our brand would be a good fit. 
And it, so it wasn't, it was definitely, it was just more of an introduction to meat as yeah. opposed to, um, sales. Correct. Right. Yeah. Because I think yeah. it was more just building a brand awareness mm-hmm. and, and also it was a great learning process because then we would learn from certain clubs. We did find out that some clubs are much more conservative and restrictive as far as color and lengths yeah. and the the type of membership depends they have on the age versus, of their membership. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. so it was really great that they were open to having those conversations because it was also great that the clubs placed orders with us. But just to have mm-hmm. all of that additional information for um, going forward, brand, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like that's what a lot of people wonder about is you know getting into stores or clubs. That's the hardest part and the scariest part. And sometimes it really is just putting yourself out there in a respectful way, of course. Right. But, um, you know, that that's a challenge for sure. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your branding, like you guys mentioned. You have your branded video that people seem to be responding to. And I follow you on social media and you have such great imagery. So talk to me a little bit about your photo shoots and your images and branding. What do you guys do and why that's so important? Um, so our brand really stands for, um, what it's vintage preppy combined with, you know, a modern take. And I feel like we've, we've chosen a really good team, um, of our photographer, Rachel McGinn, our videographer, um, Matt Dunstan, Matt Dunstan. like they have become really good at knowing as being able to capture who we are. Like we use fun props back from the eighties that we found during our photo shoots. Like we talk about the love boat and Chrissy Everett and Farah during our photo shoots. And we just, we just make it a really fun day. We'll bring in some tube socks with stripes and stuff like that. And our customers really seem to respond to it. They love it. Definitely. And I, you know, when I look at them, it does have that vintage feel. Like I feel like, the way that they're edited to, like the lighting kind of has a vintage feel. And then even I've seen vintage older cars in the background too, I believe. Yes. So I definitely get that nostalgic like part. Yeah. That's a fun story, actually. So we were over at our friend's house. We were just had a little fun couples pickleball. Early, very early. My this was very early before we were in total quarantine mode. And we would get together at each other's homes for pickleball, informal pickleball in driveways. And we were at our friend Gigi's house. She opened the garage for some reason, and I saw a car in this with a big tarp over. And (laughs) I don't know why I felt that I could just walk over and take a look, but I thought, oh, interesting, I wonder what car that is and it's all covered up is it because all I could think was it must be an old classic and I picked up the back corner of the tarp and saw a navy blue Mercedes-Benz station wagon from maybe 84 or 85 with a green pinstripe down the side and a Dartmouth sticker on the back window. Oh my God. (laughs) And I immediately went running over to Laura and I said, you gotta look in the garage, you gotta look in the garage. So we immediately went to our friend Gigi and had a thousand questions you know, so what's, what's that in the garage? Is that your car? Uh, is it, it, does it start? Is it drivable? <laughs> and could we use it for a photo shoot? Oh my gosh. So about a week later, they brought it over, drove it over to Lara's house where we were having the photo shoot. And 
Lara's husband, Scott, and the girls, I think they went out and washed it, everything in the driveway. So it was just, it was so fun. And it was really hard to get back to her because yeah. we just wanted to keep it. For sure. Oh my gosh, that's so funny though. What are the chances? You it know? was perfect timing. We were in the right place at the right time. And I was nosy enough. <laughs> Because <laughs> I really, I you know, it would, I but the garage door was open. Yeah. It was open, and we were in and out grabbing different things for kids. And so, I mean, it was it was not that it was off limits. Yeah, I just couldn't help but take oh, a peek. That's so funny. Okay, so we talked a little bit about how challenging it was to start during the pandemic. But what would you say has been your greatest success or your proudest moment that you've achieved so far? Um. Well, I think, well, first of all, during COVID, it was definitely a challenge. It was so disappointing that we kept, you know, we just kept having delays and shutdowns and stuff like that. But we took advantage of that. We had the time during COVID and we just kept tweaking our clothes to make sure that they fit just right. Like, oh, this is a little, this needs to be brought out. This headline needs to come up. Like this color. Yes. We just, we took our time to get it right. And then once our samples, I mean, I think... The day that our our SMS, our salesman samples came, oh my gosh, we were so excited to see that all yes. of our hard work finally came to fruition. And we started having our friends come over to try everything on and give us feedback and everybody loved it. I think that was a that really was... proud moment. And then obviously when we reach out to these clubs and they all ended up placing orders like that. That makes us feel good. It makes us feel validated that we really. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. And one of, <laughs> just personally, one really proud moment. It was silly, but it really. When we were in Florida, I was wearing. We both were wearing mm. some of our uh, samples, uh-huh. and just because we wanted to see what's it yes. like. We're not, yeah. and we weren't yeah. playing tennis. We had, and I had one of our Terry dresses on. It's called the jean dress. We were in Miami. And we were walking around Miami, which is a whole different story of just walking around Miami. We had so much fun. But I had several people comment Mm -hmm. on my dress. And I had one woman actually said, that dress is so cute. Is that Terry? And I said, it is Terry. She said, I love it. And it was so... It just felt so good because I thought this is our this we is did our this. dress. Yes. This is we did this. Yes. And I had someone who just was so thrilled and wanted and, and like literally wanted to touch the dress. She didn't get that close to me because <laughs> you know it was Miami COVID. Beach and COVID. But yeah. that like to have that kind of reaction to when I was just out and about and it's it's because it was a stranger. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to you don't. You we weren't looking really, for validation. Was, yeah, she was, just came up and offered it. And when it, someone right. goes out of their way to say something and it's unprompted, there's something that's really great about that because... Definitely. So now, these next few questions are kind of short answer, first thing that comes to your mind sort of questions. So first one is, who do you wish would wear clothes or shop your site? It could be a celebrity, a royal, um, even an influencer. Who would each of you say? Um, I, one person I would say would be Ann Wintour because yeah. I mean, yeah, that would just be amazing. Aaron Lauder, like I know, yeah. we heard Ann Winter plays tennis every morning, like early, so yes, we thought that yes. would be cool. And then Kristen and I were at the U.S. Open, like right in the early stages of this. Remember, we were at yes. the U.S. Open and. 
we fell in love with this female tennis player that we that we just had never seen before. Uh, we watched uh, her match. Gibby. Nicole Gibbs. Yes. Right? And we thought, oh my gosh, she would look so cute in this. And unfortunately, we just heard that she's retiring, but we oh. thought she would have been been great with it. But really, she, anybody. Yeah, she was young and yeah. fun and had really cool style. and Smart. Gibby, yeah. Was it Gibby Z? That I Gibby. forget what her Insta handle is. But Gibby we started, Z, maybe. Yeah. yeah, we started, we were following her on Instagram, and she's just so great. But she retired from tennis because oh. she's going to Stanford for... Well, like, she graduated. Oh. From, or, yeah. She's graduating, but so, she's, she's applying she's, for law school. So. Yeah, oh. yeah. Okay. So she's moving on to a different chapter <laughs> well, beyond tennis. But fun, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, we'll still reach out to her, definitely. Definitely. So now, what's each of your favorite pieces in your collection right now? I know it's probably a hard... Everyone says it's like picking your favorite child. Um, I have two. So my first favorite is the Maggie dress in baby blue. I wore that last summer so many places. I wore it with like when we were we were taking our daughter to college. I we, I had it with sneaks. I had it with wedges. Like it is just the right fit, and it has just this great retro look um, that you can wear literally wear anywhere. Mm-hmm. I just the fit's great. The color is great. I love it so much. But I'm also obsessed with our um, coarse jacket in the floral. Mm-hmm. The floral just came out so nice, and the jacket just has an elevated look. Oh, I've got the white one on now. And with the gold zipper, it just I've thrown it on with just white jeans and some fun colored wedges out for dinner. I've worn it with leggings on planes. I just, I'm obsessed with it. It looks so good on so many people. So cool. What about you? I have a couple, um, and, and it's hard to pick one because yes. we have the, you know, the court and course, mm-hmm. like the athletic, and then mm-hmm. we have kind of more the clubby attire. So mm-hmm. it's hard to pick one when depends on what you're doing, right? So the Chrissy dress is by far my favorite, and I love that for tennis. Lars wearing I've got that it now, right now. So um, with our signature buttons <laughs> that we designed ourselves, Ooh. and I love the. <laughs> I love the floral jacket as well because it is, you really can, you can wear it over tennis or you can just wear it as um, with a skirt or with um, jeans or to or, the gym. You know, to the gym. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really great. And I love the jean dress because I love those old Terry retro. Um, it's got a little drawstring waist and it's got a big V in the front and the back. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm dating myself because you're not, you're, younger but I remember in high school I loved the v, big v-neck sweaters that we all oh, used to wear the backwards. Forenza sweaters and we from Limited oh, so the yes. v went down oh my the God, back I about that. and then you had the crew neck in the front you yes. have your little pearls on and then there would be the v in the back oh. and so the jean dress to me is like that kind of fun where yeah. it's 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 both sides I love that. And all the pieces are so amazing. So I don't know how you guys picked in there. <laughs> but, but And we haven't even talked about summer yet. Like, well, you know, oh, like I that'll know. be next time. Because I have some new favorites, too. Or oh, from that collection. So. so now, who inspires you each? Who would you say? Or, or what? Um, I've always been inspired by my dad like he I don't know for some reason he's always he has actually had a really good eye for color and wallpaper he's he was always a hard worker and I I tried to talk I talked him into paint uh, wallpapering my bedroom in high school a navy floral and he was just, he was the only one that was like okay baby like that's a Aww. good idea like and it turned out to be so great like he's just um, 
he was always a big inspiration my entire life. He was just an incredible person. Oh, I'm, that's so sweet. <laughs> I, I'm, for me, like the people that inspire me, like I, I'm thinking of like women in business. And yeah. I, I just, I'm always inspired by and women who have that ability to balance kind of gracefully balance a career and a family and but they still maintain that sort of beauty and femininity and they don't because I've worked with I've always been in male dominated careers that to kind of succeed you had to basically play just like the boys and then give up so much of what I think makes women special and actually the tide's turning now but if I looked at where I was in my career 15 years ago versus the way it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many more women doing what I do in law, especially because they reach consensus faster. They're better negotiators. It's actually the tides are turning, but I, I've always admired people who can balance that and still maintain that grace and femininity. Mm-hmm. And I think of people like, you know, I'm obsessed with like Aaron Lauder oh, and yeah, like for sure Diane Sawyer and just those yeah. people who yeah. they're smart and they're doing something really special and amazing. But then they take they don't good sacrifice. Yeah, they yeah. don't sacrifice and feel like, well, I can't still be pretty and mm-hmm. smart and graceful mm-hmm. and taken seriously. Right. I feel like I'm all I, you know I'm always inspired by my girls too. Like they, I feel like they have inspired me to be more successful. Like they just. They're smart. So smart. They're athletes. They're 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 fun, and it just uh, they make me want to be a better person. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, all of those are great answers, and feel like inspirational in any sense. So now, what's your go-to drink order? It could be like your coffee at Starbucks, or it could be a fun cocktail or wine, or like what's your go-to drink orders? Oh, well, drink orders? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm going straight to a drink as yeah. opposed to beverage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. But my go-to drink order is a Grey Goose Gimlet um, straight up. Like that's, although I've started to develop this affinity for a good old-fashioned. So I, yeah, but that's, have. that'd be my winter drink. But otherwise, it'd be a Gimlet. I am just, I love my California Chardonnays. Oh, yes. That's my go-to. And then an occasional margarita. I love a good skinny margarita. And you make really good mango margaritas. Oh, yeah, that's oh right. Gosh, that. Oh, my gosh. That, oh, that, my gosh. That may be the courtside cocktail for May. One time, well, I don't think, it wasn't last summer. It was the summer before. And we had played tennis. It was about 100 degrees. And I came home and I just could not warm I mean could not cool off and I was like what should I do here and I looked in the freezer and I was like oh my gosh I I had frozen mangoes I'm like the pioneer woman has a mango frozen mango um, margarita recipe I'm doing that and I make them all the time now and I was like guys come over I just made the best mango margaritas it was so easy but it was it cooled us off yeah it did oh yeah 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 it's so good hers so. actually has a lot of sugar in it i didn't put any sugar in it it's okay. just, you don't need it the right, mangoes right. Are sweet. the mangoes yeah. the yeah. mangoes so. give it all the That's jazz so, <laughs> so what's one piece of advice that you guys would share with someone else either something that someone's given to you or just something you've stumbled upon on your own go ahead you know what the biggest thing for me i would say is 
do not waste your time on what other people think. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about that. If there's something you want to do, go do it. Don't worry about people. Chances are they're not even thinking about you. You just can't mm-hmm. just do your thing. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think it's somewhat similar to that because I think it's really, really, really important that anything you do and decision, decisions you make, they really need to be authentic mm-hmm. to you yeah. because when you try to do something that is outside of what's truly you, chances are at some point it's kind of going to come back and it's either going to backfire or you're not going to be as proud or something like I think when you just stay true to that core, then even if you have regrets, you know that you came from it at a place that was true for you. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Now, what's each of your favorite vacation spot? Oh, um, that's pretty easy for me. <laughs> um, so we travel, we like to, tr- we try to travel in the summer and not during COVID obviously, but a few years ago we were in France, traveling through France and we stayed in Provence in a town called Gord. It is the prettiest place I've ever seen in my life. It oh my is gosh. by far the best place I've ever been. Like I just, I, I'm counting the minutes until I can go back. It's just an old medieval town, like built into these hills. Bastide de Gord is so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. And just the air smells like the fruit, you know, the fruits and the breads and the the food is amazing. The wine's amazing, but the hiking, the biking, it's, it's just incredible. I just, I would love to rent a house there for a few weeks in the summer or move there (laughs) or move there. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's lots of tennis courts there. It's so gorgeous. And they have the cutest little markets, the rotating markets that go through the towns and the mimosa. Oh my gosh. That place is amazing. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Would that be your pick too? That is one of my favorite places. Uh, The South of France is one of my favorite places. Definitely. Um, I absolutely loved, um, it's so tough because we both, Laura and I both love to travel. And I think um, Australia was an amazing place to vacation because it has the most exotic um, locales and beaches and off the grid type places. Mm-hmm. But then it's got all this really cool culture that you you know you kind of combine like everything you want from a city. But then it's all it has everything that you could possibly want. So I love love Australia I as well. I mean, and also like Kristen and I, we did a tennis trip to Antigua. Like there's so many beautiful Caribbean resorts that have the just the most beautiful tennis mm-hmm. courts. Mm-hmm. Like that that that's another top choice for me. I've got all of this to my list. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you have to. So now since this is the Preppy podcast, what does Preppy mean to each of you? Like how would you summarize Preppy in a sentence or two? Let's see, Preppy in a nutshell, like to me, <laughs> still takes me back to fourth grade, like I said before, with make a heart turtleneck, and then you had, then I would have maybe whale shoelaces on my leather Nikes and stuff like that, but nowadays it also means like mixing Belgian loafers, where, you know, like my husband mixing Belgian loafers with a pair of khakis from J. Crew and maybe a uh, navy sweater from uniglow like mixing high and low like everything Mm -hmm. i love mixing different price points like putting a fancy pair of lovers with a less expensive top or Mm -hmm. something like that i think um for me preppy is really at kind of its core it's kind of more a value 
and an attitude as opposed to a look. I know we say like that look is so preppy, but for me, it's, it's also that, but then it's also like, it's a really, it's respect and a reverence for tradition and classic and honoring things, you know, honoring one kind of style or way. Mm -hmm. And then, but also within that vein, finding the ways that you are still an individual or you take your little, you tweak or you have a spin on it, but you're not, you're not a, you know, it's not a, because I don't want to say it's like a conformist mentality, but it it comes from a place of reverence and respect Mm -hmm. in in that style and look. Definitely. And combining the two of yours, it's a lifestyle then, kind of a little bit of how how you dress, how you act. um, Yes. All of that. So it's, it's a little bit of a lifestyle. So now what is a book that each of you would recommend or the last thing maybe you read? Oh, gosh. I, I mean, I love pretty much anything by Kristen Hanna. I don't know if you've read. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, now I think one of her first books that I read, Firefly Lane, I think is now on Netflix. Maybe it's maybe a Netflix I series. I think it is, yeah. That was the first book. And then if you haven't read The Nightingale, it takes place during World War II or even oh, The Great so Alone. Good. And my girls have read, like, oh. have read the books, too. Like, those are... Some of my go-tos, maybe one of the best books I've ever read, though, is The Light We Lost. I read that maybe two or three years ago, and I feel like even a week after I finished the book, I was still, like, crying. Like, yeah. It was just so oh, emotional, actually, yeah. but I'm going to be honest, I've had a hard time finding time to read lately, so mm-hmm. I need some good recommendations for spring break. <laughs> yes. What about you? Is there a book? So my, the book that I'm reading right now that's on my nightstand mm-hmm. is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And it's fascinating. I'm not that far into it, but it's it's a really interesting premise because it starts in, it's like the 1600s in this small town in France. And this little girl, you know, wants to see the whole world and she keeps getting um, held back by her parents because she's just a little girl mm-hmm. and what could she know about the world? And... Um, she has no kind of voice or opinion of her own and she kind of makes a deal with the devil to to she wants to live forever so that when she gets beyond those walls of her little town she can experience everything else in life that she's been held back from but by doing that she is anyone she meets will immediately forget her so there's this weird kind of it, it presents kind of this dilemma of like you know, how, be careful what you wish for kind yeah. of thing, right? Because are you going to be able to live with the consequence of kind of getting what you think you want? Uh-huh. So it's really, it's a, I, so I would recommend that now. Maybe you want to take that on spring break. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not, a, I don't know if it's a beach read, but it's, um, cause I, there are some good beach reads, but my favorite author is, um, and I can never pronounce his name correctly, but it's Ish, uh, Ishiguru. Okay. He wrote, um, one of my favorite books of all time, Never Let Me Go, which was actually made into a movie with I think Kira Knightley. Oh. Um and he wrote Remains down. of the yeah. Day, but he has a new book out right now and it is I cannot wait to get my hands on it oh. after I finish The Invisible yeah, Life of nice. Annie LaRue. Oh wow, nice. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna have to add all of this. But tonight. never let me go. It's it's so it's it's really an amazing book. Okay. It's it's an ama- it's amazing. I'm putting it in my Amazon shopping cart right now. <laughs> <laughs> but 
read the book before you see the movie. Oh, yes. If you yes, you anything, always have to. Once you see the movie, you just like, you got to, you know, you have to read the book first. Definitely. And same with Firefly Lane. I've heard that about you have to read the book first before the show. It's different. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So now what's a sneak peek you guys can share? Maybe something from your summer collection coming out or anything fun like that that you want to share? Yes. We have the best jacket that... You know, like Chris and I have people over to try stuff on, like t our samples. We invite friends of all ages and sizes to try stuff on. And this, I think this is going to be our, a huge hit for summer. And I'm going to show it. I'm just going to grab it really quick <laughs> so you can see it. I'm sure you know of it. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> so this is the trim that was a mistake. Oh, I right? love it. So look how great that looks. And looks so, so we good. had people come over and we couldn't figure out a name because we've got the puff sleeve. Mm -hmm. It's in our compact cotton, which is new for summer. It's in our classic colors. It's so soft and so comfortable. Ooh, it have to try feel it amazing. It's I amazing. I like the zipper. And it has great detail on the, back, the back, too. The oh, detail wow. on the back. And so we had people over and we're like, what should we, like... Oh, it just it has a retro feel, but it's, you know, it's modern. And we've named uh, some of our pieces after tennis players we love, you know, from history, or not history, but some famous tennis players, some of our friends. And we couldn't come up with this, and my friend was like, what about, what about some fun names from the show Dallas? Does anybody oh, yeah. remember? And we were like thinking, like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, well, what about... But even yeah. better than Dallas yeah, is... is the dynasty jacket dynasty <laughs> i mean can't you just see joan collins yes. with her sleeves and oh my goodness it's so cute love that. And we've had people say oh this i want this to be my team jacket for tennis like and so we're probably gonna end up using this our friends and you know we'll use it for a team jacket and put club logo on it and stuff like that and maybe our name on it our last name so cute. But it's yes. so cute. So cute. It's so cute with it's the sleeves. The so great. There. How love fun it. is that? I love it's it. It's so cute. So those, cute, the bath, yeah. Every single person that put this on fell in love. Yeah. So, and it, it just, it's very flattering. It's Everyone who wore so it was very flattering. Yeah. So then the other, so the, I think the other cute thing we have, for, nice thing we have for summer is, you know, we keep our core palette. We've got, you know, the blues and greens, yeah. but we introduced the well you saw the, the most pink? perfect shade <laughs> of baby pink yes it's so soft but so fresh yeah so pretty it's like got just the right amount of saturation it's not too bright uh, um, you know and then I'm we have the girl, so and then we have the pink and that's our preppy love, pink love. so on our dresses um against the white and then the solid pink is the baby pink, just to be softer. Oh my gosh, this top is adorable. Oh yeah, this is awesome. And this maxi. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. We need a name for this too, Patricia. Oh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a name for our... Um, oh, I our, love that. Yeah, that's our Maggie dress yeah. in the baby pink. I love that maxi style too. Did you do that for spring or is this the that's first summer. time? That's summer. So that's the first time that silhouette yes. is even... Yes, and okay. we have it also in navy blue with white trim and then oh. Kelly green coming up the side I in the in the that. little peekaboo from the... It looks so comfy and flattering. I took this on Christmas break. I took this on vacation. Down at the Breakers. I wore this all around the hotel over my swimsuit. I mean, I just, I could not believe how comfortable it was and how I just felt so pretty in this. But then I wore it, like I wore it around town with flip flop or, uh -huh. you know, with wedges and stuff like that. It also comes, so this is the white with 
baby pink trim, but then we also have it in navy, which is going to be great to wear to dinner yeah. or yeah. just over your swimsuit, wherever. It's yeah. just, it's, on it's the a go to, yeah. it's easy. Yep. Throw it on with anything. So love that. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been so much fun. So my final question is where can people find you? Let them know your Instagram handle, your website address. Um, anything like that so they can follow along and shop. Oh, we would love that. We are at clubbingcourt.com, all one word, and at clubbingcourt on Instagram. And We have a pretty great Pinterest board, too. Oh. Yes. Is our Pinterest handle the same? Yep, Club it's clubbingcourt. Okay, all one also word. Also on Facebook. And if you're in Philly, you can find us in our new office, which is <laughs> going to be ready soon, So, uh, which is currently under construction. We'll be ready soon, so here at my house. Awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 